welcome to Kindergarten Chaos, the Developmentally Appropriate Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to Kindergarten Kiosk. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kathy. You're back, Mom. I'm back. How's Dad doing? The, the frog has left my throat somewhat. <laughs> and so our guest host last time was so excellent. He was, was, was excellent. <laughs> excellent, excellent guest host. Today's topic comes to us from Ginny. Thank you for the idea, Ginny. She's going to homeschool her daughter in kindergarten next year, and she wanted some ideas for STEM. So let's talk about STEM, Mom. All right. STEM stands for science, technology, engineering, and math. And, or, or you can call it STEAM, science, technology, engineering, art, and math. Or, <laughs> or more. Or, no, now, now I hear people calling it STREAM. Have you heard that stream. one? Stream, which is science, technology, reading, engineering, art, and math, or as I call it, school. <laughs> I was going to say, that sounds like uh, <laughs> school. <laughs> so it could be spelled S-C-H-O-O-L. <laughs> so today, we're going to talk about S-C-H-O-O-L, the new cool thing in education, school. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that oh I just got uh, I just got a friend that I asked for a letter of recommendation for that I can use when I go back to work if I go back to work and uh, one of the things she wrote she wrote me a really nice letter and one of the things she wrote in the nice letter hi Jody by the way thank you for the really nice letter one of the things she wrote was uh uh, Lindsay was doing STEAM in her classroom before STEAM was even a thing. <laughs> and I think that anyone could say that about your classroom, too. And a lot of people's classrooms, I think just because we have a cool new name for it does not mean that the concepts we're teaching are new. <laughs> yes, um, STEM really is kind of a cross-curricular integration of subjects. Mm -hmm. And early childhood teachers have do, been doing cross-curricular integration of subjects my whole career. When I graduated in the early 90s, that was our whole thing, was learning how to integrate things together so it made sense to a child. Well, and you've been teaching half-day kindergarten for a long time, and the only way you get anything done in half-day kindergarten is if you integrate everything. So you're a pro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know the teacher next door to me, she's new to kindergarten, and, and um, I was talking to her about when I get some certain things done, like the wonders worksheets that we're required to do and mm -hmm. things, and, and I was telling her places that I was doing those worksheets, and she looked at me and she said, well, I don't do anything during that time. <laughs> I said, oh. <laughs> you know how to make every single yeah. second of the day yes. count. Yes, when you teach full half-day kindergarten, you have to use every second on every that clock. Second. And so We're lining I'm up for the bus, everybody. To... A, B, C, D. <laughs> <laughs> I know, for sure. <laughs> so we're, when other people maybe are just letting their kids get arranged, no, I've got a worksheet done. <laughs> <laughs> so uh my husband as you know is in a stem field 
I do know your husband is in the STEM field. And we have the conversation a lot about how the most important thing for anybody going into a STEM field is to be able to be a critical thinker and a problem solver. Because he's a computer programmer, and yes, he has to know code, but it's more, moreover, more important than knowing the code is knowing how to critically think about a problem and how to sit down and solve a problem. So we've had a conversation a lot about how when we, when we talk about teaching STEM to kids, we talk a lot about teaching them code or teaching them engineering, but I think if you get to the heart of what STEM is, it's teaching kids how to solve problems. One of my very favorite activities, which I was going to do tomorrow, but um, it didn't fit my schedule, so I'm going to have to do it next week, is to make um, giants for um, the wall display. Oh, are and you I've doing got... your folktale unit with your big giants in the hall? Yes. I love oh, I love so it. It's, a, it's one that They're I've so done fun. for years and years and years. So the thing I really love about that activity is... It really is everything that STEM or STEAM or STREAM or school (laughs) is meant to be. Mm -hmm. I um, get huge pieces of butcher paper of all colors, Mm -hmm. and then I divide my class into groups. And I usually do groups of three or four. It seems to work the best for this project. Mm -hmm. And tell the kids to construct a giant and before I turn them loose I talk about how they need to plan what they're going to do and work cooperatively and have um, decide how big they want their giant and maybe break it into parts and one can make a head and one can make a shirt and and kind of go through all the steps and and that activity just has everything in it Mm -hmm. you know it has measuring and it has um, because they have to measure to make sure they get the giant the size they want, right? Yeah. Or do yeah. you have them measure their giants after they're done and compare and contrast and see which one's bigger? and? Yeah. All, yeah. all of the above. All of the above. Now, I'm not sure how technology fits in it, but you know what I could do <laughs> is there's that one really cool, well, you have it on your iPad. Mm-hmm. It's that one where you can take a picture and make the things oh, talk. Oh, yeah. the It's uh, Chatterpix. Duck, yeah, duck, Chatterpix. Chatterpix. That's a cute one where you take a picture of something. Yeah, you could take a picture of your giants and have them make them talk. That would be adorable. Oh, that would be so cute. <laughs> or I've got those little talk boxes, mm-hmm. and I really the like Lake to Shore do those. The Lakeshore ones? The Lakeshore yeah, talk boxes? I think they're from Lakeshore. I think so, too. Where they can push on them and record their voice. You know, I actually got them from Amazon. Let's put the link on this podcast okay. to those. We'll, we'll find because them. those are so awesome. I can um, have the kids tell the story about their giant and then actually tape that talk box to the wall mm-hmm. out in the hall and kids can walk by and push it mm-hmm. and hear what they want to be told about their giant. Mm-hmm. And then I take um, real photographs of my students by a white wall and then cut them out like paper dolls and I have them pose like they're screaming or running and things like that and it just makes such the cutest display bulletin board display and and we talk about the size difference because I print their pictures you know really small Mm -hmm. and 
And I like to even put one of the kids in a hand of a giant in, in its mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they just love that display. So that's a great um, activity that STEAM, STEM, stream. school, <laughs> STREAM, <laughs> that I'm going to do next week. I think another really easy way to bring STEM into an early uh, elementary classroom is just by having a block center or a building center because that is just engineering and uh, just built right into it. All you have to do is give a kid some blocks and just trying to make them stand without falling over. That's engineering right there. And there's so many fun building toys like uh, what are the magnetic ones? Magnaforms? I don't know. Put a link uh, also on the podcast for those. Because <laughs> we can't remember Magn- what anything is. <laughs> yeah, are they yeah, mag- what they are so. Magformers? Magformers. That's what it They're is. They're so fun. And trying to get those things to stand up and keep their shape, that's just, I mean, you don't even have to work at that. That's engineering right there. Or connects uh, are great for mm-hmm. doing engineering tasks. Um, and just Legos. And Legos, yeah. Just playing with I some mean, Legos. And I, I had a friend who had a, was originally going to go into art and then changed and went into teaching. So art informed her teaching a lot. So she would have a building center, but she'd make a big poster and then artistically, more beautifully than I ever could, make some design that she wanted them to try to build. Like, draw ca- she'd draw a castle, and so that day they would try to engineer a castle, or the next day maybe it would be a house, you know, and give them some kind of challenge or something to build, which was really fun. That's what I was going to say. I've noticed in my classroom that when my students start losing interest in the block center and they don't choose it um, naturally during free choice times, you know, during center rotations, if the block center is open, it's different. Mm-hmm. They will they go there and they use it. But during free choice time, if kids are shying away from it, I notice that if I have pictures of things for them to build, that it kind of sparks that new interest. Well, in. and you can have drawings or you could put up photos Or something else that I think helps them get engaged in what they're building is just to put little, little toys in with it. Like if you're talking about insects, then put some plastic insects in your block center. So the insects are now living and whatever, or little people or little bears or little Mm -hmm. fish, something, just something to make them look at it a different way, right? I think having your block center and your toy center side by side is really important. And and honestly, this is the first year I think I've ever done it. And I did it by mis- by accident because uh, when I was fixing my room, I just needed the space different. Mm-hmm. And so I slid my toy cart and my block cart together. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of the year, I made specifics. This is the toy center <laughs> and this is the block center. And... If the kids were intermixing the stuff, it would drive me OCD crazy. (laughs) And then one day I sat and looked at them playing, and they were making this giant castle for the little alphabet um, people, Mm -hmm. and they were making different levels, and they were, oh, I couldn't believe the playing they were doing, and I'm like, wow, I really miss the boat, Mm -hmm. not having those centers smashed together and, and, you know, not making those OCD rules of, do not intermix the toys. <laughs> now, cleanup's different. They need to know where things go, but... <laughs> yeah. 
I think another thing that's really important if we're going to teach STEM, well, if we're going to teach STEM, we're going to teach STEM. But I think another thing that's important is to just teach kids stamina and resilience in their problem solving because really I think that's the most important thing that uh, those kind of careers want in kids is just the resilience to sit down with a problem and think if I just put my mind to this I can solve it and I think one thing that we have to make sure we have in our classrooms is just time for free play because free play is a time where they really get to practice their problem solving skills with other kids don't you think Oh, wow. Today at um, Free Choice, because uh, my report cards are due in a couple <laughs> days, and I'm, so still they got free needing, choice today. I'm still needing to do some testing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I had the choice of doing centers mm-hmm. or free choice, and I didn't have any parents coming. And so I chose free choice because I thought it would be easier for me to manage and be able to test. Mm-hmm. And... There was a child's birthday today, and the problem solving of giving that child a present Mm -hmm. was so fun to watch, Mm -hmm. and all of the kids were over and making them the coolest thing at the art table, and I've been sick, and so my counters are a little bit piled up, (laughs) and I had stuff on the counter from last week that I hadn't put away. There were like some pipe cleaners and a bunch of stuff that usually I don't have out for free access. But they're, they were grabbing everything off my <laughs> counters. And, and they were making the coolest birthday presents for him. Mm-hmm. And it was just so much STEM that was going on and problem solving and figuring out how to bend the paper to make it 3D and how to ma- attach handles on it with pipe cleaners. I think that with STEM... We just need to give our kids a little more credit. Mm-hmm. I don't think we need to have a lot of real elegant activities mm-hmm. that are STEM activities. I think what we need to do is give our kids, um, like you said, we need to give them the gift of stamina and stick to itiveness mm-hmm. and supply them with materials right. and set forth a problem and teach them how to work cooperatively to solve a problem. Right. Have you heard of a tinkering center before? I keep seeing you talk about tinkering well, I saw on somebody put, Facebook. I saw somebody put it one on their kindergarten group. And uh, so I, I've been trying to find out where it comes from. I think it's a, what's the R one? There's Montessori and then there's Reggio. Is it Reg- I, Reggio Emilio? Yes, thank you. <laughs> I clearly know what I'm talking about there. But I think it's a Reggio Emilio Uh, technique but I've seen these and just talking about how STEM doesn't have to be complicated uh, there's I've seen some kindergarten teachers who've done this uh, beautiful beautiful junk collections where they ask people to just bring in things they have they find that are interesting like paper towel tubes or wooden dowels or pipe cleaners or little bits of fabric or thread spools just any little interesting thing so they have the kids bring in all that stuff and then they sort it and they put it in groups and then they had pictures of their kids building with these things and it was just so fun to see what they were creating just out of their beautiful junk 
Uh, like one teacher had cut holes in the paper towel tubes. I think the teacher must have done it because they looked like hole punches. But they'd punched holes in the paper towel tubes and then the kids were using pipe cleaners to build like, what's that old toy? To like Tinker Toy style yeah. with the tubes or they'd cut slits in the tubes and then they were stacking the tubes on top of each other using the slits. It was just really fun. And I just like that because it just shows that STEM isn't complicated when you're working in early elementary. It's just about getting kids excited and and stuff. <laughs> Hold on a second. I, I have someone in a STEM field here to tell us what the most important thing is to be someone who works in a STEM field. What's, what's the most important thing you need to have to work in a STEM field, hon? Determination? <laughs> Here, say, say it in the microphone. Determination? Thanks, babe. <laughs> well, that was a nice short answer in one word. Uh, so I had a professor in college, and um, he had his doctorate in computer science. Uh, before he got his doctorate in computer science, he worked at NASA. Um, but he told us that when he was in, um, when he first started going to college, he failed out of most of his classes, and um, uh, he didn't do well uh, in in high school. And um, but he, uh, when he decided that he wanted to um, um, to be something more, uh, it was that determination and that. Um, you know that that Stick go to yeah go get them spirit that, that 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 made him successful not any kind of natural intelligence he didn't do well in school so his natural intelligence I don't think was what contributed to his success you know it's hard work it's not it's not like once you decide it'll just happen right. but but um but once you have once you've decided and you have the determination and you actually go and and work hard and apply yourself um, that is that's the recipe for success not not any kind of natural intelligence so anytime somebody says oh I'm not smart enough to be uh, to be a scientist or I'm not smart enough to be a mathematician it's uh, I, I think I think the what what what's really being said is I'm not I'm not willing to to put in the effort or I don't want to to do what it takes I don't want to make the sacrifices to to be able to become those things so i think that what's important is that instead of the activities what we need to give our students is the skills right that they well, need well and it goes back to growth mindset and uh mm -hmm. that whole idea from carol dweck that you know it's it's not about what you know and what you don't know or what your background is or isn't it's about um, stick to it yeah or do you believe that I mean do you know do you think it's your effort or do you think it's your smarts and do you know that if you put in enough effort you'll get the results you want and I, I think more than anything else that's what STEM is for us as teachers it's just teaching kids to have that growth mindset okay so there's a channel on YouTube called TED Ed have you heard of that one no oh, you haven't heard have you heard of TED Talks 
Yeah, I watched okay, it. Okay, so this is kind of the same thing. But they have a few riddles on it, and they're animated. And my kids love them. They love these riddles, even though they're way above their level of being able to solve the riddles. But there's like one where they're, the, guy, the professor and his assistant is being chased by zombies. Maybe I'll link to this too. But they're being chased by zombies, and the zombies are going to be there in a certain amount of time, and everybody has to get across the bridge, but they can cross only at a certain speed. So how do you get everybody across the bridge before the zombies get there? Oh, and you only you only have one lantern, and it's dark. <laughs> so so they love this, and they're all every once in a while they'll just be like, "Can we watch the zombie show on your computer again?" And there's one about aliens who kidnap people, and they give them all white and black hats and they can only escape if they can figure out what color hat they're wearing and and uh, one where there's a bunch of people on an island and they all have green eyes but they don't know they have green eyes and they're allowed to leave if they can figure out that they have green eyes and what do you tell them so that they'll escape anyway they love watching these so I was thinking about that as it relates to mathematics because a lot of the riddles had mathematics embedded in them. And I thought we could probably use that. Well, it goes back to making math more concrete and more real world and more uh, based in uh, real problems than in real abstractions in our classrooms. Um, and Kathy Fosno, Fosno, Fosnot, I don't know, <laughs> Fosno, I think. <laughs> Ket has yeah. a bunch of ideas of activities, kids, problems kids can solve in math to make it more engaging that I really like as a jumping off point for our math in, in classrooms. Like she has one problem where, um, where that you have to figure out how to fit kids on bunk beds like how many need to be on the top bunk and how many need to be on the bottom bunk. She has one where kids are riding a bus and some kids get on and some kids get off and then they stop and how many kids are still on the bus. And she has one where the kids are, there's a t-shirt shop. They set up a t-shirt shop and they have to put their t-shirts in packages. Um, but I think if we're going to talk math as far as STEM fields go, then we really need to, then it's most effective when it's rooted in real world problems. So I really like that. I'll link to that book too, because I really like that one. I remember when I was in fifth grade back in 1920. <laughs> 1920. <laughs> and I remember that we had to make a shoe company. Or no, we just had to make some kind of company. Mm -hmm. And I remember that our company, my group, our company was called the Ship Shape Shoe mm -hmm. Company. And I just have so many memories of that. Mm -hmm. And when I think about it, everything that he had us doing was, you know, we were doing math and science right. and we were just combining all of the curriculum. Well, I can think of so many STEM ideas just from making a shoe company because shoes come in pairs, you know? So if you have a certain amount of boxes, how many shoes are in the boxes? Or somebody has ordered uh, 20 pairs of shoes and each pair of shoes costs $2 and you have to get it to them tomorrow so that they, they have to pay rush shipping. So how much do they owe you? <laughs> 
-hmm. or how are you going to manufacture the shoes to make them better for your customers? You know, it's just, I think when you talk STEM, we're not talking about, I mean, teaching is so complicated and Pinterest makes it seem more complicated because you see all these ideas and whenever there's a fancy new term like STEM, you see all these products like, which aren't bad and you know, like I like these STEM kits people are coming up with, but you don't have to buy some fancy STEM kit or make some fancy STEM center center to teach STEM. You just need to get kids solving problems. Yeah, so thank you, Mr. Stewart. Back in 19, I was probably 68. <laughs> Not 1920. <laughs> for letting me invent the Ship Shape Shoe Company. <laughs> so I think that, uh, you know, we just need to engage students and, and give them maybe the task and the tools and let them come up with the activities and the creative side because that's what the whole purpose of yeah. STEM well, is. Well, and I think it goes back to what you said at the very beginning. STEM isn't new. It's just integrating your curriculum. You know, you don't have to have a separate part of your day where you talk about STEM. It's just about, you know, you're teaching about folktales. So you're going to talk about folktales. You're going to talk about books. You're going to make giants. You're going to measure them. You're going to figure out how to make a house that the giant can fit in because he's so huge, you know. It's just about taking a topic and building everything in because STEM is really S-C-H-O-O-L. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. So let's talk briefly before we go about um, how to use STEM in your, in your homeschool. Okay. Because Jenny's planning on homeschooling her daughter and so I think the very first number one thing is get some good quality um, materials in your home. Right. Which, well, that's not hard to do. If you have a, a classified section, people get rid of their old toys all the time. So look for blocks and Legos. People get rid of Legos all the time because they're annoying because you step on them. And so when your kids aren't using them, you get rid of them. <laughs> so just look for blocks or Legos or Magformers. Have you heard of this site called Wish? It's mm. this Chinese website. I don't really get it, but I was on there the other day and they had Magformers for like $3 on it. Well, I did buy my alphabets from some place in Japan. <laughs> Maybe it's the same thing. <laughs> and they were like for a fraction of the cost that Lakeshore sells them. <laughs> okay, so your first <laughs> advice for her is to, number one, get some, get some engineering materials. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, second is think of things that doesn't cost any mm -hmm. money, like cardboard boxes, mm -hmm. paper Paper cups. towel tubes. Yeah, I mean, just an, a proliferal, and a whole bunch <laughs> <you> <laughs> of, of craft supplies, you know, and I've noticed a lot of people that used to do um, scrapbooking mm -hmm. are like me, and they have a million piles of scrapbooking mm -hmm. stuff. And now everyone's tending to go more digital. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of that people are selling. Mm -hmm. And kids can come up with a lot of stuff. Just 
just this weekend, my little grandkids had a work table mm-hmm. here in my kindergarten kiosk room, and they had a lot of fun just with um, the supplies in the drawers that I opened and said, play with that. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what my second tip for Jenny would be? is. What? Just take what you're already doing and then try to figure out some problem that your child can solve that goes along with what you're already doing. So if you're already reading a book like The Snowy Day, then maybe the problem could have to do with snow because he has he puts a snowball in his pocket and brings it in and then he's really sad when it melts. So there's already a problem to solve. Uh, how long does it take for a snowball to melt? Could he have kept it from melting by dumping salt on it or putting shaving cream on it or dyeing it? You know, just take what you're already doing and then try to find the problem in it and then together try to solve the problem. Yeah, that's a great idea. Or in in your classroom too. That's where STEM starts. It's just problem solving Mm -hmm. and work on stamina. Like, how can you build a strong a house strong enough that the big bad wolf can't blow right. down? And then when somebody finds a secret to teaching stamina, tell me, because I need to work on it with my own children. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying really hard. Yes. So any listeners out there, <laughs> please email us with some um, ideas. Teaching a seven-year-old <laughs> to have more stamina. I'm trying so hard. all right well thank you for the suggestion Ginny and if anybody else has a suggestion of something we can talk about we love your suggestions because then we don't have to think of an idea (laughs) and you can write to us at kindergartenkiosk at gmail.com and if you want a great STEM activity we have one on uh, programming robots and Lindsay will put a link on our podcast and, page. And my programmer and husband that you gonna... heard before double-checked it with me to make sure I was actually <laughs> coding correctly. So it has a verifiable and... programmer's stamp of approval. <laughs> <laughs> and if you enter the, the code ROBOT, then it will be yours for free. Ooh. So make sure that you um, enter the code ROBOT at checkout. Now, only our podcast listeners will know that. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be the secret, <laughs> secret code. <laughs> You're our secret code robot club. <laughs> the secret code of eat more, oh, what is that? Drink your Ovaltine. <laughs> Goodbye. Good night, everyone. Kindergarten Kiosk is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, a network of podcasts for educators, by educators. For more information, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. That's E-D-U podcastnetwork.com. Now can I listen to it?